supporting you in your dog parenting journey. The Dynamic Dog Owner with Debbie Potter. Hello and welcome to another episode of The Dynamic Dog Owner. I hope you are enjoying listening to all of our episodes so far. And we aim to release a new episode each week. So there's always a new fresh topic for you to listen into. This week, our topic is comparing. It's something we all do um, and it has its negatives. So it's something to highlight to help you feel a little bit more positive in your training journey or life with your dog. So it's natural for people to compare themselves to others. Uh, we all do it. <laughs> it's not a specific thing for certain people or just in the dog industry. Everyone compares themselves to other people, whether that's yourself comparing your lifestyle or your fashion to other people or other celebrities, whether you compare the size of your house or the tidiness of your house with somebody else's. And for some people, it's comparing your children's progress or successes with others. And of course, we compare our dogs with other dogs that we know or other dogs that we see on the street. It is inevitable. We are always going to be comparing our lives and the things in our lives to others. However, it's not necessarily healthy. Comparing triggers a negative mindset which then tends to lead us down that negative spiral of starting to see the world in a less than positive light. We start to feel unhappy or unsatisfied with what we've got or how our progress is going. And then obviously that feeds into our training journey and our life with our dogs and can just make you look at things in a, in a sort of more negative way and make you feel a bit more defeated as if you're not doing a very good job. So we need to focus on ourselves, which is easier said than done. But if we are focusing on ourselves, our feelings, our emotions, our successes, and pushing aside anybody else's lifestyles and taking away that comparing, we are going to feel happier. And in turn, that obviously means our life is going to be happier because we're going to see things a little bit more positively. So if we do get stuck comparing, we're always going to be disappointed. We're always going to be left wanting what the other person has or what dog they've got, um, etc. And we're always going to be a little bit sort of un not unhappy, but unsatisfied. So today's episode is all about how we do compare our dogs and why we probably shouldn't. <laughs> So it may resonate with you, um, and I'm sure it resonates with everybody. It has does certainly with me as well. Um, we've all had times when we have compared our lives and our dogs to um, others. So first things first, every dog is different. I mean, you know that they look different. Um, you've got small dogs, you've got big dogs, you've got different breeds that have different jobs. And within the size, the breed, you've also got different characters, so different personalities. Some dogs will have different habits to others. Some will have different preferences over what they enjoy doing or how they like spending their day. And then, of course, you've got those wonderful individual little quirks. <laughs> Your dog is unique. Every dog is unique. And that's something really special that we should concentrate on. They may not be perfect in other people's eyes, but they are unique. And therefore, 
we need to try and avoid comparing them. Because even if you've got the same dog from the same breed, from the same litter, they're still going to be different. I, as you probably have gathered by now, have got three dogs. Two of them are Labradors. Um, and yes, they are both Labradors. One is a working line and one is a show line, which does create a huge difference. But they are still under that category of Labrador. And you would assume they are very similar. They are totally different. Dave is the show line Labrador who is not lazy, but easily satisfied when it comes to exercise. He will quite happily skip a walk um, and sleep all day. He is obsessed with food and he loves people and loves other dogs and gets really excited when he sees people and other dogs. Rem is my show line, uh, sorry, working line lab. And he is completely different <laughs> in every way possible. He is completely different. He is very, very active. He would like 20 walks a day um, to train for hours on end. He is very selective when it comes to food, but he is extremely focused and will work for hours. He isn't bothered by people. And people get really offended when they try and fuss him and he ignores them completely. So yes, they are labs, but they are completely different to each other, even though they are the same breed. Now, if you consider looking at labs, just because we're on that topic, um, if you were to put into sort of context, if you ask people, you know, describe what a lab is like, majority of people would say a lab is greedy because they like food, they're good natured and they're eager to please people. These are what we call breed traits. It's the, the common sort of misconception of what dogs are about and they kind of categorise them into this is what labs are. If you were to put into um, Google, Wikipedia or like just an information site online, you would find that Labradors are described as having a strong work ethic. They're biddable, um, which basically means they like to please us um, and are easy to sort of put into different contexts and different environments and they succeed. Um, but when we categorise a breed into they're this, 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 it's a bit like saying all 12-year-old girls um, are really good at school, uh, and they're nice and polite and they like Harry Styles. Um, we know that all 12-year-old girls do not like those things and they're very different. Um, I have a 12-year-old daughter, so um, I know that she is none, well, maybe half likes Harry Styles, but the other two, you know, she isn't. She is her own unique character. She likes different things. And we know that we cannot categorise people in that term. Every girl of this age likes this. So we know in our minds that that's not true. But, and we accept that people have different personalities and interests. But when we read a dog breed trait, or we're researching a dog breed online, and um, maybe you're thinking of getting one, you tend to take that information as gospel. It is true. All Labradors will be like this. And of course, they are a rough guideline and they give a general overview of that breed. But we have to take it with a pinch of salt because they are just a broad, common theme around the breed. It's a guideline because it doesn't consider individual personalities 
and characters and those unique quirks which make our dogs special if they were all you know exactly the same you might as well just go and buy a toy robot dog if you want something that is that obvious that it's always going to be like this and how boring would that be um, <laughs> it would a make my job boring because seeing the individual quirks and motivations behind each individual dog is really quite interesting so we're going to have a little explore of the different ways we compare our dogs to others and again why we should maybe flip how we're looking at things to look at it from a different perspective so i'm sh i hear it all the time my this dog isn't like my last dog and we often compare the dog we have right now to a previous dog we've had in past years. So it's common, it's easy to do. You tend to get, many people get a puppy after having an older dog and they do expect the dog to be quite similar because it's living in the same household and obviously the same people and the same input. But there's so many different factors that we have to consider when you've had one dog and then you move on to get a second or a subsequent dog. So when you've had one, unfortunately, you've lost that one. Um, they've ended, they've had the end of their life. Um, and then we move on to a new puppy. We forget that an older dog is very different to a puppy. And it's easy to, you know, when considering most dogs live until they are, you know, on average between sort of 10 and 12-ish, depending on your breed, it's very easy to forget in that 10-year gap what a puppy is actually like. You get used to and complacent with your older, chilled out, mellow dog who you can leave food on the side and you can you know, leave them because they sleep a lot and all those kind of things. So we f can easily compare that older dog that we knew, like a trusty jumper, warm and cosy, to this new, funky, weird puppy um, who's got its own quirks. And it's, A, it's setting your dog up to fail because your puppy is never going to be instantly like your previous dog. But also, you know, we then feel that we're doing something wrong because our older dog didn't do this or our older dog didn't do that. And then obviously our circumstances change in between dog one and dog two. I know when I had my very first dog, we were a couple, just the two of us. We hadn't got married and all of our subsequent dogs have been brought into a family home with children. Uh, which is very, very different, <laughs> very different. So we forget that our circumstances have changed, our experiences have changed, our lives have changed. But also, if your first dog was a Labrador, for example, and your second dog <clears throat> is a cockapoo, it's like comparing apples and oranges. They are completely different. Yes, they are a fruit, a dog, but they are completely different in terms of their breed, their coat, their characteristics, the purpose, the job of that dog. So many different things. And we have to then recognise that they're not going to be immediately the same dog. And they are going to be different and unique. Just because dog one slept through the night at 10 weeks old, um, it doesn't mean that dog two is necessarily going to do that because they are different. So we automatically compare those two and we just need to remember those factors that make them different. Kind of on the same theme, we compare a new dog to our current dog. So if you have a multi-dog household, um, which are great fun, uh, hard work, but great fun. 
it's again easy. Well, my last puppy, so for example, mine are only two years apart, each of them. So my dogs are six, four and two. It's easy to go, well, the last puppy, we did it this way, this way, this way. But again, it comes down to all dogs are individual. Every dog is different. And you may have obviously different breeds. You may have the same breeds. Again, we've kind of explored that already. They, they can be completely different. Um, but there's different dynamics. If you're the first dog entering into a home, if you're the second dog or the third dog entering into a home, there's a complete different dynamic as to, it's a bit like having a first child, second child, third child. You know, we, there's all the um, sort of theories around different characteristics depending on where they fit in. And it kind of is the same with dogs. There's a different dynamic as to where their position is um, in age order of your other dogs and where their stages are at. Because if, again, you've got, like, for example, I have two dogs that are one that's just sort of bordering on senior, one that's just hit adult maturity and one that is still a teenager they are naturally going to be different because they're at different stages of their life and their development and of course they have individual personalities my three are completely different to each other so that's sort of within our own dogs um we all know we like to compare with other people <laughs> friends especially or or colleagues or family members yeah, your friend or your family's dog might be able to do all these wonderful things that you expect yours to. So they might be able to go to a cafe and chill out under the table while you have a nice hot chocolate or a cup of coffee. They might be fine going on family days out and family holidays. And it may be that yours can. It may be that yours can't. Again, they're completely different. Different households, different setups different dynamics within that home they've had different experiences so just because one dog can do it it doesn't mean yours can necessarily or vice versa yours may be able to do something that your neighbors or friends can't and it's not a bad thing again it's as it's as coming down to that they're all different but we do tend to compare ourselves whether it be your friends or even a neighbour. Uh, you know, my neighbour has a very lovely, quiet, uh, retired rescue greyhound and you wouldn't even know he was there. He doesn't make a sound in the garden. And then my three go out and one of them will bark because there's a squirrel in the in the hedge and then they all bark. I go, oh no, I'm that, I'm that noisy neighbour um, that's got all those noisy dogs. I mean, I don't let them bark for very long. They have a woof and I'm like, right boys, that's it, scared off and you come. Um, but you know, I could easily compare that and say, well, I'm the, I've got terrible dogs because they bark. They're not, they're doing their job because, you know, they are protecting the garden. They're trying to make the wildlife move. And a rescue retired greyhound is older, more chilled out and not going to do that. But again, it's easy to compare yourself to others, especially if you see people out on a walk and their dogs are walking beautifully, looking perfectly well behaved, and yours is pulling you down the street like a yob. Um, so it is really easy to compare dogs in all these different situations. But the point is that we tend to look at other dogs and we only see the good things. It's a little bit like social media these days, you know, it's a perfect painted picture of life, but the reality is often very different. And that's the same with our dogs. We don't see the whole picture. So we see what we see, 
but we don't see what's gone on behind the surface. So we don't see what the dog is like elsewhere. We don't see what's gone into getting them to that point. Yet we expect our dogs to behave like the ones we see. <laughs> um, remember that obviously there's an awful lot of hard work that goes into creating the dog that looks well behaved, walking down the street, not pulling, not trying to say hello to everybody it passes. We tend to expect our dog to be able to do that when they're six months old, forgetting that the other dog is three or four, has been going to training classes every week for the last three or four years. Um, and we expect those results. We expect our dog to be the same because we don't categorize that what stage of their life are they in right now and take that into consideration. So we don't think about how much work's gone into what we're seeing. But equally, we don't know what they're like in different situations. Um, and my Rem is a perfect example of this. He is a extremely well-behaved, in i.e. he looks like he's well-behaved. He looks like he's doing all the things that people want would like him to do. So he doesn't pull on the lead. He can go off lead. He recalls. Um, he walks past anybody on the street and ignores them completely. So he'll walk past people, he'll walk past kids, um, he'll walk past dustbin lorries, he'll you know, cars reversing, people coming on or off the bus. He will ignore them all completely. Um, he does have a small reaction to other dogs. He lays down if they're too close. Um, but in left you to the dog part, he looks the perfect dog. And people go, God, isn't he, what, isn't he good? And then I always say, yeah, but you've not seen him at home. <laughs> because at home he is a very very different dog he has an awful lot of emotions which i'll explore in another top in another episode in future um but he has an awful lot of emotions and outside yes he looks like the perfect dog but you haven't seen all of the things that have made him that and what you don't see is that the second he goes inside he has an emotional release and is an absolute nutter for a about 15 minutes from all the stresses that he's encountered on the walk he doesn't show them when he's outside he waits until he gets into the safety of his own home and all the emotions come out and he's a little bit of a pain in the bum um <laughs> that's him as we accept him for who he is it's not a problem but if you were feeling a little bit not confident or a little bit disheartened in your journey and you saw him out walking you may go oh that's the perfect dog it's not until you speak to me that I'd say, oh, no, no, he's not perfect. I promise you, <laughs> there's an awful lot of quirk. You just don't see it. And equally, you may not see that the dog pulling, barking at other dogs, um, life and soul, not off, not able to go off lead because they're not very good at recall. Inside the house is an absolute angel and sleeps and chills and is so well behaved with guests. You only see what you see. So just remember there's always two sides to this and that not every dog or no dog is absolutely perfect in every single way. Every dog has something that their owner would like to change or to improve. It may be small compared to what you're working on right now, but don't forget they'll be at a different age or stage. So considering... We've, we are obviously naturally likely to compare. Um, what we have to think about is the main things are the age of your dog. So how old is your dog compared to the one you've seen 
doing X, Y, and Z. Are they at a different stage of their development? So adolescence tends to be one of the most challenging times. Um, you cannot compare an adolescent dog to an adult matured dog um, because it's just not fair. It would be like me comparing the actions of a 15-year-old to the actions of a 50-year-old. Completely different. Um, equally, you know, there's so much time and training that has gone on behind the scenes that you will not have seen. And if you haven't undertaken regular training, whether that be through training classes or through training at home, um, watching YouTube videos, however you do it, if you haven't undertaken as much effort into your training as somebody who does training every single day of the week, obviously your results are going to be different. Um, so we have to have a little bit of responsibility in that, that if we want something to change, we do have to make that change and put the effort in to get that change. Um, and it's only through putting your determination and setting yourself goals and working towards them that you will get those goals. Not often, not often, that's not very good English. Um, it's rare that a dog will just suddenly wake up one day and go, do you know what? I'm an adult dog now. I think I know how to behave. We have to teach them and we have to show them and we have to guide them. That's our job as a dog parent. So we have to remember that your dog is who they are. They are unique. And it's our task to work out their individual quirks, work out what they need, what their favorite things are, what they prefer to do, and almost create a lifestyle that is suited to them. It's a bit like us as, as people. We, we don't do the things we don't enjoy. We don't do things that we find disappointing or are anxious about or, or anything like that. We don't carry on on a path if we're not enjoying it. We create the lifestyle and surround ourselves with people that we like and hobbies that we enjoy. We go on holiday to the places we want to go on holiday to. Your dog has to, or we, your dog can't choose to do those things because obviously they live with you and you are their, their their primary person to support them. So it's up to us to recognize what our dog needs and create that lifestyle for them. So the main focus of today's episode is to stop comparing your dog to others. It's only gonna create negatives and we want to surround ourselves with those positives. So it's a chance to think about their individual character and to celebrate their unique personality and accept them for who they are, recognise where we are in our journey and what we need to do to get them where we would like to be in the next few years. Um, so if you are tempted to look at that neighbour's dog, just think in your mind, they are different to my dog. They are not my dog and they probably have something at home that isn't going too well. I just can't see it right now. So we like to keep these episodes short and sweet. So that's us for today. Um, don't forget, you can follow the Dynamic Dog Owner on Instagram. Um, and if you enjoyed the episode, please, I'd be ever so grateful if you could take a moment to rate it or review it um, on whatever platform you're listening on. There should be a little bell icon or a heart or some stars that you can click on and give it a little rating or a review. Um, it just means that it can help the podcast reach as many dog lovers and dog owners as possible. Um, and we would like to share the love, obviously. 
I hope you've enjoyed listening and I can't wait to speak to you again soon. Thank you for listening to The Dynamic Dog Owner with me, Debbie Potter. See you next time.